Well, um, let's let's turn to uh, let's turn to First John chapter three, please. And um, you know, there there's really there's never been a moment in all of creation where it looked like it looked like there was more defeat than right before Jesus rose again from the dead. Um, it was literally the darkest moment of human history, um, the darkest moment really of all of all creation because it looked like um, everything that anyone had ever hoped for or believed in had died. And um, it, it looked like the enemy won. It looked like the devil won. It looked like um, that God's son was killed. And um, it was literally the darkest moment of all of creation. And so, um, and actually, I want to I, I go to a different verse. Go to Romans chapter 8, please. And so, um, and as powerful as an act that creation was, the act of redemption is actually a more powerful act from God. Because when God created everything, He had zero resistance. Um, when, when God redeemed Jesus from sin and death and the grave, how many of you know that there was resistance? How many of you know there was demonic resistance to God's next move? You know, the demons were rejoicing in the death of Jesus. They were rejoicing in the, the crucifixion of Jesus. They were rejoicing in the punishment they had managed to dole out on God's prized son. And so um, it was a moment of just tremendous rejoicing for darkness that they had managed to trick God and to fool God and to kill God's son. And um, it, it was, and there was, you know, tremendous resistance against this act of redemption. But in Romans chapter 8, in, in verse 11, it says, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so, the resurrection life power of Almighty God lives down on the inside of us. And what that means is, is that... How I many know nothing looked deader than God's plan of salvation? Like nothing looked deader. Um, nothing looked more destroyed. And in that moment of despair, in that moment of darkness, in that moment of absolute eternal defeat, how I many you know God was able by His Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead to, to crack open death, to, to take care of sin, to take care of the grave, and then cause Jesus to be raised again from the dead, 100% untouched by death or sin, right? It was a moment of greatest darkness, and then it turned into the moment of greatest victory because of God's resurrection life power. And so what that means to us in an eternal sense is that how many of the finished work of the cross is a done deal and it can't be changed? Amen? You've received, you know, just like when we were taking communion, that's something we were talking about. You've received an eternal forgiveness. You've received an eternal oneness with God. How many of you know sometimes you feel like it and sometimes you don't? Right? Your feelings are up and down. Your perception of it is up and down. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a reality and it's a done deal and it's finished. Amen? How I many you know when it was finished for Him on the cross, when you received Jesus as Lord and Savior, it became finished for you, right? That finished work has been written upon your heart. And so the darkest moment of human history was conquered by God's resurrection life power. And so what that means for us in a practical daily sense is nothing is too dead for God to raise to life. 
Nothing is too dead for God to raise to life. I don't care if it's a relationship that looks dead, and looks like it's never going to change. How I many you know if God raised Jesus from the dead, dead, He can touch a marriage? Can I get an amen? How I many you know if God raised Jesus from the dead, He can raise somebody out of addiction? Right? How I many you know addiction looks like death? It looks like, um, it looks like an attachment to death. That, that, I mean, people have warred and fought against addiction and looked like it was never going to change, looked like it was never going to turn around. But how many know that if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then God can take an addict and turn them into a child of God? How many know standing before you is an example of this? He used to be a drug addict. God, God I used to be encased in death. He used to live in a state of addiction. And, and how many know God rescued me from that place of death? Amen? And, and so... A, a relationship that looks dead, it's not too dead for God. A person's life that looks dead, it's not too dead for God. How many of you know God can resurrect people's finances? Can you get an amen? Need an amen on that. God cares about your finances. God cares about taking care of your needs. God, takes, God cares about taking care of, of your bills. Can I get an amen? How many of you know that God is a good father? And how many of you know a good father cares about those things, Right? So those things are, are, are important to him. How I many know he wants you to invite him into that area of your life and bring his resurrection life power? You know, when, when, when I walked away uh, from the ministry that I left and I lost everything and, and my credit had been destroyed from years and years of drug addiction and, you know, writing bad checks and just making horrible decisions, my, my, my finances were dead. I mean, like, someone would not, like, my credit was so bad, someone wouldn't give me a piece of gum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how bad my credit was. Somebody would not give me a piece of gum. And, and I had all of these court costs to pay. I had all of these fines to pay. I was in all of this debt. I had written all these bad checks. And every single bad check that's written um, is a felony, Right? And so I had all these warrants out for my arrest, and I had accrued all of this debt, court costs, and lawyer fees, and this mountain of debt looked like it was going to overshadow my life forever. Well, young man, you've just made too many mistakes. You've messed too many things up. You, you, you owe too many people. You've done too many bad deeds. You may get to go to heaven now, but you're going to live in hell on earth as a result of all the bad decisions that you've made. You gotta pay the cost. You gotta pay the fines. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. And I can remember when I was looking at all of that, and, and honestly, I was just happy that I was forgiven. Money didn't mean much to me back then, because I was just happy that I was forgiven. And and I looked at all of that, and it looked like it was never going to change. It looked like it was never going to be any different. And I can remember going to work at this factory at the time. Rough, rough factory. guy that ran it was a crackhead uh, and sold crack. Like he, he was like the foreman, and he ran it. I mean, it was, all about, it was all about the numbers. It was all about trying to make the money. People were cutting themselves. People were, nobody cared. It was all about the money, right? And, but that was where I worked. And that was my job. And that's where I learned how to be faithful. And that's where I learned how to show up to work day in and day out. And I was taking that tiny little bit of money and just plucking it over at this mountain of debt that I had created as a result of my bad decisions, right? <clears throat> Do you think God loved me enough? Do you think God was powerful enough to take his resurrection life and put it into the death that I had created in this earth as a result of my bad decisions? Do you think God's loving enough to set somebody free from debt? Do you think God's powerful enough to set somebody free from debt? All He needs from us is a yes. He will never force His promises into your life. None of them. Including salvation. If you are forced to partake then 
you're a slave and not a son and not a daughter. And so there I am staring at all of this death, got no credit, no job, everything that I spent 14 years of my life pouring it into, it's all gone. And I'm looking at death. How many know that all of those things uh, and all of that lack and all of that poverty had the ability to impact my marriage? How many know an absence of money will put stress on a marriage? How many know an absence of money puts stress on you, period? And so I'm facing all this death. But is all of that debt and all of those mistakes that I made, are they greater than Jesus rising from the dead? They're not. In fact, Jesus rising from the dead and conquering sin and death makes my problem look like this big, right? <clears throat> the, question, the question is not, can God do it? I mean, you know, God can do what God wants to do. The question is, will He? Right? Amen? And if God has given us Jesus, how will He not with Him freely give us all things? How many know Jesus raising from the dead and saving me is greater than any financial debt? Right? So if I can receive the greatest miracle, which is what Jesus did on the cross for me, how many know that it should be easy for me to receive a lesser miracle of salvation from financial death? Right? How many know that those things are important to God? just like other things are important to God, right? Amen? I stand before you today. I'm totally, completely, all that debt is gone. All those, all those fines are paid. My, my, my record has been expunged to where my record is clean. And my credit is excellent. All by the grace of God. Nothing, nothing born of Jeremiah Johnson produced that. The only thing I did was consent to being saved. I just consented to salvation. Just like when someone falls on the ground and someone reaches out an outstretched hand to help them up, how I many know oh, it's their choice whether they're going to take the hand or not? In any area of death that you are currently experiencing in your life right now, and that could be death in relationship, that can be financial death, I mean, oh, that could be sickness in your body. That can be depression, anxiety, fear. I mean, oh, anything that produces fear is born of death. Right? I mean, oh, the, the, the fear of death is the root of all fear, right? And God has come to bring a redemption into your life. And so if you're on the ground and you're experiencing death, the resurrection life power of Jesus Christ is outstretched to you today to lift you out of that death and bring you <clears throat> into life. Can I get an amen? Right? Your only part is to consent. Your only part is to receive. But there was a time in my life when that financial death looked completely and totally overwhelming. And even then, when, it, when, when I was finally going to, you know, we never owned a home growing up. We never owned a home. And, we, you know, we, we lived from <coughs> apartment to apartment, to housing unit to housing unit, and we never owned a home. So in my mind, like, I'm not good enough to own a home. Right? That's in my mind. That's been painful. I mean, you know, poverty has the ability to paint your worth as worthless. Poverty has this unique, poverty, unlike sickness, has the ability to attack your worth. When someone's sick with something, people don't judge their worth. But when someone's poor and doesn't have any money, how I many you know their worth is judged? Bob, the Bible talks about the destruction of the poor is their poverty. And how many know that the, the enemy gets some of his greatest work done in this planet where there's a love of money? 
You want to see a love of money? It's not just in Hollywood and, and you know, in all these blockbuster things. How I many you know there's a love of money in the ghetto where someone gets killed for their tennis shoes? How I many you know there's a love of money when a woman makes a decision to sell her body to take care of herself or her kids? How I many you know the love of money is the root of all evil? And poverty brings a unique sense of destruction because it attacks your value and your worth. And how I many you know God doesn't want anything attacking your value and your worth. Because when your value and your worth is attacked, how many know the very Son of God is being attacked? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? How many know your value is now in Jesus? Your worth is now in Jesus. Your identity is now in Jesus. And God wants to break off everything, every voice that would try to come into your life and make you feel like you're not as good as somebody else or not worthy or don't have value. <clears throat> when I don't know why we're here, but I'm not the boss <clears throat> at all. <clears throat> when the children of Israel left Egypt and they went out into the desert and God spoiled the Egyptians through favor. I mean, oh God told the, the children of Israel, said, hey, go, go ask them for their stuff. Go ask them for their jewels. Go ask them for their, their items. Go ask them for their stuff. And so he sent the children of Israel before they're about to make their trek and they're about to go out and, and to go towards the promised land. They went and they spoiled the Egyptians. They just came to them and took all of their gold, took their silver, took all their stuff. Why is this important to God? How many old God's streets are made of gold? When you get to heaven, you find out what God, how God feels about money. You walk on it. <laughs> right? But what, what, why is this important? <clears throat> why, is this, why is this financial deliverance important before they step into the promised land? Because they were God's kids because they were God's kids, but they had lived years as slaves. And they had watched people eat things they couldn't eat. They had watched people wear things they couldn't wear. They had watched the Egyptians carry themselves as though they were better than these boring Jewish slaves who were here to make our bricks and to make our lives easier. How I many you know years of that type of abuse will warp the way you see yourself and will cause you to see yourself as dirty and unworthy and not as good as? How I many you know that if I see my children carrying themselves as though they're not good enough or not worthy enough, how I many you know as a father that bothers me? And we're going to have to address that and we're going to have to fix that. So God's children were coming out of slavery, right? And He set them free from the armies of, of, of uh, the Egyptians. He set them free from their might. But how many know they still carried the shame of being poor? They still carried the shame of being slaves. They still carried the shame of not being as good as those that they worked for. So God said, spoil the Egyptians with my power. And when you go into the land of Egypt, I want you to take all that wealth and I want you to put it on your kids. That's what he said. He said, put it on the children. Put it on the kids. We're going to break something off of them. We're going to set them free. We're going to let them know you weren't born to be a slave. You weren't born to labor for somebody else. You weren't born to be looked down upon and judged and criticized and felt less than. You weren't born for that. So we're going to take all this wealth that means nothing to me, but we're going to take all this wealth and we're going to put it on you and we're going to break off that slavery, poverty mentality that's tried to run you your entire life. And I want you to know that you are more valuable than gold, more valuable than money, more valuable than 501 uh, 3K, more valuable than, I saw, no, I said that wrong, more valuable than any material object. Because you are mine, and I am yours, and I'm all you need.
Amen. And he put that wealth on them, broke something off of them. Amen. How many know God wants to bring a financial miracle into your life? God wants to supernaturally give you favor. Amen. I feel that so strong here this morning. If you need a financial miracle, I want you to stand up. Come on, be bold. Be bold. Good job. Good job. Take a stand. You're taking a stand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Nobody preaches on finances on Easter Sunday. That's not what you do. That's not the smart thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not. It's just not the the smart pastoral thing to do. But God came in here and hijacked this message with the prophetic, because there's some people in here that need a financial miracle, and God wants to send His resurrection life into this dead situation, raise it from the dead, so that A, you'll experience His love, but B, you'll realize that He is more powerful than what this world's trying to squeeze around you. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all think there's, there's going to be tremendous financial miracles for the people of God in the days ahead. I promise you this. Tremendous financial miracles. Why? Because light shines brightest in darkness. I mean, know that God wants His people to thrive during this period of time. Can I get an amen? I know the world's crazy. I know the finances in the world is crazy. I know that there's all this fear and all this stuff going on. But God wants to parade you about and show you off for the purpose of breaking some things off of your life that you experienced as a child. But then also, how many know God wants you to be a financial miracle that He's going to flow through? How many know God wants to take care of people through you? Can I get an amen? God, God never gives to you just so you can consume it. God gives to you so that it can flow through you. Flow through you. Flow through you. <clears throat> the greatest thing I can teach my, one of the greatest things I can teach my children is how to give. Be a giver. And that's, you know, you don't, and you don't wait to give when you have amassed wealth. I mean, you, know, you give where you're at. Because what's, what's more important than the development of your bank account is the development of your heart. Because if you can give with little, you can give with much. But if you can't give with little, you will never give with much. Because your heart stays stingy and afraid. Right? All right. God's going to do some miracles in this place. Lord, I thank you. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to give anything. We don't have to take up an offering. We don't have to sow a seed. We don't have to do one single thing but be your kids. And Lord, I thank you that that by your Spirit, that you have touched this area. And I thank you, Lord, just as sure as you are concerned with the health of your children, the well-being of your children, you are also concerned with taking care of their needs. So, Lord, the people in this church... We present our needs before You. And we ask that the same resurrection life power that raised Jesus from the dead would be injected into our finances. And that, Lord, there'd be some suddenlies and some overnight turnarounds and some miracles and signs and wonders concerning the finances of Your people. And Lord, we thank You for it. We honor You with it. And uh, Lord, we'll testify as it comes. Let's just thank Him for it. Just say thank You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. We receive that. We receive that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Yeah, I had no intention of going there whatsoever, but I mean, that's, that, God's going to do something special for y'all, man. You're going to see it. It's going to be so cool, too. It's going to be awesome. And, and you, don't, you don't have to drum it up or make it happen or any of those things. You just have to receive. Amen? Just have to receive. And just, that's it. I mean, let's not complicate or muddy the waters with anything else. You just have to receive. Amen. And so, 
the resurrection life power of God, it lets us know that, that nothing's too far gone. No person's too far gone. No situation's too far gone. Um, there's hope even in death because our God has conquered death. Amen. You tracking me here? You know, and, and if you've lost a loved one, you know, if you if you if someone has passed and you're and you're and you're and you're struggling with that, please understand, death is temporary. It's temporary. It don't last forever. No, no, you're gonna see him again. Y'all you know, thinking about my mamaw the other day. I love my mamaw. I miss my mamaw. I saw a lady in traffic that looked like my mamaw. And uh I haven't seen my memo in a few years. She passed. But before she passed, she got hooked on drugs real bad. And uh, she was hurting because of the passage of her eldest son. And so she, she turned to pain pills to medicate that pain. So for the past couple years of my memo's life, it wasn't my memo. It was somebody else. And I know enough about addiction not to judge her. I know enough about addiction to know that's not my memo. My memo's still there. She's alive and well in there. But her mind is hurting. And she's trying to medicate herself any way she can. And so when she died, there's a part of me that, of course, was sad. But there's a part of me that was totally relieved because the pain that she had endured, she was enduring, it was finally over. And she finally got to be with my papa. And she finally got to see her son who, when he passed, she basically grieved herself to death. She got to see him. And you know today in heaven, there are no tears of sorrow. And there's no pain. There's joy. They're just waiting on us. Amen? And I don't think they experience time the way we do at all. And so it's not this great passage of time for them. I think that uh, it's not like that at all. And so death is temporary. It doesn't last forever. I mean, oh, the death is the enemy of God. God's not the creator of death. Amen? It's the last enemy to bow its knee, right? And so, if you've lost a loved one, you haven't lost a loved one. They're just waiting on you. Right? Please. I went to a women's conference one time, and um, the speaker... She was an avid runner. Uh, one of the speakers was an avid runner. And so she decided to use running as an analogy for us. And so what she had us do was we were all in, in, this, in the big conference room, and then they had um, all the, all the um, speakers standing at the end of a hallway, and they would hold a finish line tape for you and they had us individually come running down and then and they were cheering for us as we were as we were running and you know they were cheering us on and then as we crossed the finish line then we would get in that we would get in that cloud of witnesses and cheer yeah. the next person on and she was, the point was that that's what all of the people have gone on before us that's what they're doing it's they're good. cheering us on in our race down here cuz they know the finish line and it's coming and so just to keep running our race with good. perseverance good. and don't give up good word thank you for sharing that it's true it's true thank you lord so now i just want to kind of open it up here does anyone have like an easter sunday that sticks out to you where God really ministered life to you. And, you know, and, 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 and if you would, please be concise. You know, we don't want a 30-minute story. We want, you know, just, just out of respect for everybody that's around you, just be concise. Yeah, but share your heart. And I don't want to downplay 
because I, we felt, I felt led to do this today, and I feel like the people have got some things to share that's really going to touch all of us. So just want to encourage you that if you feel comfortable to just share. So, yeah, please, please share. In 2008, I was in a really bad car accident, and I broke my neck. Okay. And if you've ever broke your neck, you wish you were dead, because it's not fun to try to heal from that. It takes a long time. Wow. And it was Easter Sunday morning that, you know, I was thinking about the resurrection, and but I stayed home because I had a broke neck. And, uh, <laughs> but God laid it on my heart to just consider the resurrection and what it was. And before that, I heard a million resurrection messages and a million healing messages my whole life. Yeah. But the depression from having that neck and just going down is like not going away. So I started thinking about that power. He put it on me that got him up out of a grave to change everything in the entire world. was no different than the resurrection inside me if I would believe that I was going to get better, that I was going to heal. And I accepted that. And it pulled me right out of that. And of course, I still hurt physically. But I went on despite what doctors said would be. And every day that I woke up, he started talking about... um, what are you going to do when your neck's better? Mm. What plans are you going to make when you're feeling better? Come when on. you're up and walking and you're not hurting anymore, write down what you're going to do. Come and on. like every single day, focus on the resurrection. Focus. There's more than one way you can focus on the resurrection. And I just knew that power led me to believe in what next thing I was going to be doing. And that, that despair didn't mm. have to stay on me anymore. Come on, come on. And that that was a regenerated body, a regenerated mind. Mm -hmm. And as horrible as the next year of my life was, Mm -hmm. um, there was so much regenerated life that came up out of me because of that accident. And that was in 2008. But what I believe that he can do through me now Mm. because of that time Mm -hmm. has put power in my life that has just like shot Ezra and I both up, you know? And so that resurrection power that we celebrate is so much bigger than we can possibly fathom in our minds to do good things for us here today and now in the life we're living with the finances we have or the hurt or the frustration or the poverty or any of that stuff. If you hold on to the resurrection, it's not just for Sunday morning and us dying and going to heaven. Come on, come on. It's, It's just that internal little engine, that engine of power and faith that will build in us if we just focus on the resurrection like he asked me to do simply that day. Mm. I mean, I thought I was like going down. Mm. And I continuously think about the resurrection. Mm. And that has brought nothing but life to me. Wow. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. You know, they, um, when, it, when it talks about the book of Acts and it talks about the early church, and Grant ministers on this quite a bit, but like what they talked about was the resurrection. I mean, that was their focus, you know. Their focus wasn't the, the cross. Their focus was the resurrection. And uh, that's so good. That's so powerful. And, you know, and, and I'll also say this. I love how as you focused on life, as you focused on that resurrection, as you focused on that, what God began to do is he began to write hope in your heart. Because anytime death always destroys hope. Because it says it's hopeless and there's no future and there's no tomorrow. <clears throat> when you touch life, life breeds hope. And, and he began to talk to you about what you were seeing and what you were dreaming about and what your tomorrow was. Because that, that broken bone didn't define your life and hasn't defined your life. Amen. It's good. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else want to share? Please. Cheryl. Thank you. Um, Well, I got something from yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) So this is close to Easter. Yeah. Um, Well, what happened? Well, I'm, oh, no, okay. So I'm in dire financial straits right now. I don't even have the money to take myself to the doctor. Um, And I have a dog, and my dogs are my babies. Uh So one of the dogs had liver enzymes, I found out, when I, you know, before I quit my job. Um, so she had lately started swelling up, which wasn't a good sign. And I tried, I made adjustments in her diet and it helped a little bit, but 
she had a knot for about the past maybe week, week and a half or two weeks. She had this knot about the size of your fist, mm -hmm. some swelling on her side, and then there was a knot there. And I'm watching it, and some of it was going down, it seemed like, but this knot was, like, still there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't take this dog to the vet. What am I going to do? And I no. can't take myself to the doctor right now. So, um, so I was really desperate. But I took the Marcus Wick challenge, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I just, I've been praying in the spirit, you know, like every day yeah. for about an hour. And so I just took a couple hours, and I just was praying, mm -hmm. and I, I just started praying for him for the last hour. I put my hand on the swelling, mm -hmm. you know, where it was just like so big and sticking out. And mm -hmm. I just started praying, praying over it, praying in tongues. I mean, I was like commanding it to go in the name of Jesus, yeah. you know, to be gone, everything you c I could think of. Yeah. So I, I quit after a couple hours and I kind of went on with my day. Well, about three hours after I quit, it ruptured. Hmm. And I didn't even know it was something that would rupture. Mm -hmm. And it didn't have any abscess or any pus in it or anything. It was just Praise clear God. liquid. And so now it's all draining out. Wow, so literally, come on. Thank you, Jesus. It's gone. Amen. You know, three hours. <laughs> so. Wow. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else have something? For, yeah, please go ahead. Okay. Um, I was actually uh, doing some reflection last night. And... Um, one of the things I struggle with a lot is feeling disconnected from people, like I can't connect. And it's kind of a cold, isolated place to be. I mean, you can be around everybody and still f not feel anything. And so um, God kind of gave me a vision last night. I was sitting on like a stone wall with him, looking down at this big, long table, and all of my friends were there, and I saw... Jesus down there, and they were all standing and passing things and laughing and stuff, and um, God kind of put his arm around me, and all of a sudden, I could see, it was, it, it was like I was in Jesus looking out of his eyes, and I could see every, the people and everything, and then it passed to the next person, and then in the next person, and then he took his arm off of my shoulder, and he said, do you see what my son did for all of you? And I was like, well, what's that? He's like, you're all one spirit. You're all connected. So even when you feel disconnect, you're still connected. Mm. And um, that was kind of, you know, it just kind of gives me that, you know, I'm not as disconnected as I feel sometimes. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was a big thing. But It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. There's not a single person in here that doesn't periodically feel completely disconnected from everybody, myself included. It's just part of being human. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, enemies always trying to isolate, but it's a lie. God clearly just, you know, showed you that and ministered that to you. It's a lie. Amen. That's good. Thank you for sharing that, Casey. Yeah. Amen. Does anybody else have like a, a particular time when, yes, please. The place we would go to worship when I was young. Mm-hmm had a good Friday service. Amen. And they had a little tomb somebody made out of wood. Well, one little, it was six feet by 10 feet by eight feet, with wow. a big stone in front of the door, in oh, front wow. of the opening. Yeah. And on Friday, we'd talk about that. But I remember being about Eli's age, Oh wow. going in there on Sunday morning at about 5.30. I mean, it was early. Sun went up. Yeah. And that stone was gone. <laughs> It was rolled away, awesome. and the tomb was open. And the tomb has been open ever since. Amen. He is risen. We would sing, he is risen. Yeah. And uh, I've been blessed by that every Easter since. That's and that awesome. was 70 Easter's ago. So you, can still, <laughs> so you can still see that. Amen. You can still internally and, see and that. I can, yeah. Yeah, I can see that brown, brown stone. That's awesome. Moved away. And instead of saying he is risen this year, it's been impressed on me that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Wow. Come on, man. Yes. What's the biggest miracle that ever happened? Mm. If Christ has not risen from the dead, then our faith is worthless. Come on, man. That's right. Yes. Yes. So Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Mm. And they taught me a song back then about that time. Mm -hmm. 
I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Mm. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. Mm. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Thank you, God. Can y'all just imagine Paul as a little four-year-old boy walking up there? I can't too. See, we, we never know if one of our kids isn't having an experience like this right now. One that, that they will never forget, that they'll remember 70 years from now, should the Lord tarry, right? Amen. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else have like an Easter time when God really ministered to you? Something sticks out. I will share my small church experience. We didn't go to church much. We were, we were devout heathen. <laughs> but uh, we had somehow managed to go to church one Sunday. And this is all I remember. I, don't remember. I was a little kid. I don't know how old I was or anything like that. But um, I just remember coming back. I don't remember the church service. I remember coming back and going to my backyard. This is so funny. But this is, this is a big part of who I am. And feeling so much love that I just hugged a tree. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. I was a tree hugger. Look at him wearing that pink jacket. You know that boy hugging trees. I tell you what. No. No, but I sit in. Dan, Dan, Dan always has the perfectly timed wow. Like, his timing's impeccable. He's just like, wow. And it's like. Perfect timing. Love Dan's one-liners, amen. But I can remember sitting in that backyard, hugging this tree, just feeling tangible love. And so I had some type of experience with God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I got saved in that service or what happened or what, but I remember experiencing God's love after a church service when I was a little kid. So anyway, praise God. Anybody else got one? Yeah, please. My, my situation, you know, that I'm going to talk about is about like Jeremiah's. When I was younger, we didn't go to church either. We were, you know, about it, heathen. Well, since I've been going to church, I've lost my brother. In 2008, I lost my dad. So there's been a lot of wrong things happen within my family. Mm. Well, just, just this particular Easter, God is bringing up a past Easter when I was younger. Even when I was uh, just first married and my children were younger, we were mm. still gathering at the house, not in a perfect family situation. But I can remember that Easter gathering mm. where, you know, they would dress up, we would hunt for eggs. And I'll tell you, this is all about resurrection because no matter about all the bad things that's happened in the family, everything that's happened since then, God is bringing that memory back up to me wow. to resurrect my love and my joy about mm. my family so I'm not dwelling on, on everything. I mean, it's all about resurrection. Mm. Amen. Come on, it's so good. Thank you for sharing that. It's so good. It's powerful, man. Brian? Okay, I'm sorry, Brian. Um, you mentioned um, missing your grandma. Yeah. All my grandparents and my parents are in heaven. Yeah. What got me through losing them was knowing that I would see them again. Yeah. yeah. And it was because it wasn't that just Jesus died, it was because he rose again. Amen. Amen. That they now have eternal life. 
That's right. That when they left this world, it wasn't the end. Come on, man. I don't know who needs to hear that, but you've lost someone. Just to have hope in that. That's right. That's right. Because we focus on what Jesus, we focus on Easter and how Jesus died for us and sacrificed himself to cleanse us of our sin. Mm-hmm. But he rose again that we would never die. Yeah, that's right. Come on. I don't think we understand how powerful that is. We don't. We have no idea. Yeah. I don't think we can comprehend that our loved ones are free. Yeah. They're not afraid of anything. They're not. They're. They're not bound by anything. They're mm-hmm. fully glorified now. Come on. And the Lord showed me. When we see them. When we're reunited with our loved ones, it'll be like time never passed. That's right. It's good, man. For, on either side. Yeah. Because yeah. there will be no reason for grief or sorrow anymore. Amen. Because. Everything will be overshadowed, will be done away with and overshadowed by the glory of what is. And that's what the resurrection is. And God wants resurrection power in every area of our life. Amen. Amen. It's good, man. Thank you for sharing. So good. So good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Please. Is it on? Is it on? Yeah, oh, yeah, there yeah, we there go. You go. <laughs> so, you know, everybody um, talking about grandparents passing. Um, um, my papa passed probably a year ago. It was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was a big part of my life. Um, and um, my family has been kind of getting over it and but you know at the very end you know he was just he was really worn down you know with everything that he was dealing with you know he had skin cancer and he was getting treatments for that um and you know he just looked so bony and weak that and that wasn't him you know and And, you know, I feel, you know, when I have felt his presence before um, since he's passed talking to me. You know, just I can hear through the Holy Spirit, I can hear him talking to me. And I know that he's up there and he's not that way anymore. And when my dad, so his both his parents had died too, so I only have one grandparent left. Um, but... His mom passed before. I didn't know my grandma. But he had a dream one time of seeing her as he remembered her as a kid, like this young woman. And she said, this is what it's like in heaven. That's right. And when I think of my papa, there was this, uh, they have this painting when they got married of what they looked like when they got married. And that's the way I see him now. Like, I, I get that presence that that's the way he looks. Come on. That he isn't that bony man with all that sickness. He is that man yes. that I never knew, but I still see him, and that's, that's him. Come on. And man. that's the way I think it is in heaven. That that's, we're all like that when we get there. That everything that there is no old age, there is, you know, that's the way it is. And so I, I just. Um, I'm glad that he's that way now. So, yeah, that's all I was saying. That's good, man. That's good. Because as you shared, we we, we saw you go from the place of sorrow to the place of joy. Because you know that he's young and strong and happy in heaven. Because death doesn't get the final laugh, y'all. It never gets the final laugh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. The resurrection trumped death. Right. Amen? 
Hallelujah. And so, it, you know, it's not only a, a celebration of Jesus' life. How I many of you know it's a celebration of the life of those that have passed on? How many of y'all got folks in heaven you're looking forward to seeing? Amen? Yeah. Amen? I just feel like God's just encouraging us in that area this morning, you know, and reminding us and, and uh, letting us know that, that, I mean, once you've touched resurrection life, I mean, uh, there, the, everything has changed. Amen? It's good. Thank you for sharing your heart, man. Anybody else? Share, please. Yeah, it's 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 on. It should be on. Check, check. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking this morning, how how cool is it? You know, when like a kid falls out of a tree or something, gets a scar, and we pull our arm back and say, "Hey, look, how cool is this?" And you yeah. know, Chase's got this scar on his lip. You know, I'll never forget that. Like, I I. Threw him out of a car seat one time <laughs> instead of buckling him in, you know, and he had his face on it. And they were like, hey, check out this scar. Yeah. Well, isn't it cool that that Jesus, we're, we're talking about being restored, mm. but he kept the the scars on his hands and the in right. the the from the spear in his side, the cut in his side. And and in this time that we're living in right now, you know, he probably I Maybe I don't know. He he probably said, "Hey God, let me keep that. You know how cool I, I'm gonna I'm gonna show everybody this. He this is my scar. Come on, and come for on. the church and for peace. Mm. And and when you look that up, it's in John twenty nineteen, and it goes through like John twenty 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 two, mm-hmm. where we're living now, right? The mm-hmm. years that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And how how relevant is that? That you know. Jesus still wants to say, this is this was for you. This is for the church. Peace with my church. Come on, man. In this time. So and good. had the option to have that taken away and kept it so he that he could show to. it off. Come on. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing it, man. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yesterday... I just spent a little bit of time also pondering on all of the babies that were lost for miscarriages or things in our family. You know, it's just kind of doing a a head count, so to speak, of all the babies. And I was just rejoicing over every single one of those that we're going to get to meet one day. So so for any of us that have lost children, and we've got that hope of joy of getting to see them one day as well and being being reunited with them. It's good. It's true. They uh, 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 spirits don't cease to exist. Those kids, they grow up in heaven, and you'll get a chance to meet those kids when you get there. Amen. It's good. Amen. Death doesn't win, right? God wins. Amen. Anybody else want to share? And see, it doesn't have to be like this big, huge thing. It can be something like when you were a little kid, and something just, you know, stuck out to you or, or ministered to you. Um, but we just want to just want to give opportunity. Anybody else? Yeah, you do. In order so so that the people online, well, the people online have to hear you though. It's not even about us hearing you; it's about them hearing you. Yeah, I understand. It's frustrating. I just don't like it. I understand. <sighs> um, so 2016, Layla was two weeks old, so it was her first Easter. A week after she was born, the motor blew in my car, so we didn't have a car. My ex-husband was in active addiction, so we had absolutely no money. We had no food. We had nothing. Yeah. And our, it was Easter morning, and so my kids woke up and absolutely nothing there. You know, they're, it's like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so there's this little old man that lived down the street, and his name was Herman. That was my papa's name. Mm. And, you know, he reminded me of my papa. But anyways, so Herman came around the neighborhood um, early in the afternoon and, you know, asked my son what he got for Easter and said nothing. So Herman grabbed my ex-husband and kind of forced him to do some labor and then took him to the store to rectify the situation. Wow. And so it was just that little thing, you know, that even though I had nothing for the Easter morning, you know, for the kids, it was still provided even though, you know, my ex-husband was high. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. He really wasn't, you know... He just kind of opened the back of the truck and was like there. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's still through all that. 
my kids were provided for. Come on. So that was like a good Easter, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Where it instead, I mean, and I went back to the chicken coop and, and boiled some eggs and went and hit them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, there's an opportunity there. So mm-hmm. anyways, that was my Easter. That's powerful. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Because like, that's something that you'll never forget. And, and God came in and shined down his, his love and did something miraculous for, you, for your family. That means more to you than whatever you guys had this morning. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Because you knew that was straight from the Lord. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else? Amen. No pressure. Amen. Awesome. Please, go ahead. The... The scars that Jesus has yeah. are a sign of the everlasting covenant that's made. That's right. That once everything's said and done, yeah. I took it for you so you don't have to. Amen. We were never intended for pain and sorrow. It's good. For all the evil that's happened, we were never intended for that. It's good. And those scars are going to be a sign of the everlasting covenant that he's made, that yeah. I have made it all right. Come on, come on. I made it all right for you because I love you. Come on. And we will never have, and those those scars destroy condemnation because he took it for us. They will be an eternal reminder that we will always have salvation because of him. That's right. It's good. It is. It's a sign of the covenant. It's so good. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Paul, you got a got a song to lead us in. Hold on, let's give him. A... Your buddy learned song no, he doesn't need the mic though. No, he's no, he's good. Sing it. <laughs> I sing it every Easter and more than once. So I sing it all year long. Okay, let's bring the kids down first. Let's bring the kids down. Yeah. Have... Watch out, Monty. Uh, Con- Connie's hot now. You can put that mic towards Connie, man. That whole. <laughs> he pointed it towards her. That's when it happened. Amen. Yeah, we'll, we'll. Amen. Well, we'll get the kids down and we'll sing and then we'll do our egg hunt. Amen. Did you have something? Oh, give Kai the mic. It's a dumb thing, but. Oh, it's not dumb. I remember the, just the identification. The identification I always had with Jesus when I was little. Because. On, Easter, we would wear white gloves, a white hat, and white shoes. And and I did that, you know, as I got older, the sizes got bigger. But I, di- I did that. My mother had me do that till I was probably about 10 or 11. Wow. And I remember the first time I wore black shoes for Easter Sunday. And that there really is the symbolism in the white, the purity, sure. his robes being white, and him cleansing us. Is that just that little thing meant so much to me as a child? Wow! I felt like wearing black shoes was really a bad testimony. Wow! <laughs> wow! That's interesting. That's the reason I'm wearing white. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. That's cool. That's uh, it's funny how different things minister to people differently. You know, I love when people share their stories and stuff. It's so good. Thank you. Do we have all the little people down or no? Oh, okay. Am I am I cutting their party short? They're like, come on, Jeremiah. Gosh. Come on down, guys. You guys ready to hunt Easter eggs? Yeah. Let's go. Good stuff, man. No, we can leave it on. It's good. Thank you, Miss Angie, for teaching the young people. We Everybody give it up. For everybody that teaches Children's Church, man, we're so grateful. You never know when one of those kids is having one of those memories. Amen. It can happen at any time. You never know. Amen. So everybody downstairs? Oh, okay. All right. You good? Are you the last one, Layla? She's like, yep, I'm ready. All right, cool. You kids ready to sing? Yeah. All right, we're going to sing. Paul's going to lead us. Here we go. Thank you. 
lives, he lives, Jesus lives in me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering sin, hell, death, and a grave for us. We love you, and we're so thankful. Lord, we thank you for a great rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen.